No, sometimes there just comes a time where it's just time to say it's done and move on, right? We talk about in here a lot about letting go, forgiveness, giving things up to God. It's really all the same thing. And what it boils down to is when are we really ready to let go? When are we willing to let go? That's what it always boils down to. It's like even in the meditation, God's a happy receiver. The good, including the bad. It's so funny because most of the time we always think about giving all the bad things up to God. God help me with this. God help me with that. How often do we think about sharing the good times with God? That means a letting go too. Because even the good things we want to hold on to, we need to let go of those as well. You know, it's like the party's over. It's time to go home. Kind of like that thing. No, no, I had such a good time. Well, the longer you hang on, the worse the hangover is. Well, so it is with this physical life and the things that go on here as well. And a lot of the times we just don't know what's next. So a lot of the times we'll hang on to the past or what's even present about soon to become the past just because for whatever reason, either it gives us a sense of joy or or. We don't know what's next, so if we have a little bit of this misery, at least we know what we have because it's more scary to move forward not knowing what we're going to get. And maybe this is bad, but at least I know what I have. And that's a lot of what we do. It's just like, when are we going to really let go? And the funny thing is, and sometimes the hard thing in all this, when we talk about detaching or letting go, it's really all the inner attachments. Letting go of all the emotions we put on things. Letting go of our belief systems and the way we think about things. When I say things about anything in our life or in ourselves, the way we perceive the world, the way we perceive ourselves, the way we look at anything in life. It's often opinions and judgments, but those are based upon something we've learned growing up, something carried forward from even in our life. These are all the things that we're really talking about letting go of. Or fantasies, you know? We all have our fantasies of way, the way we wish our lives were, the way we'd like to see our lives to be, you know, all the future of things, what we're always striving towards. I know for me, a lot of it was striving for something more in the future because I wasn't necessarily happy with what's going on right now. So I was trying to always visualize and fantasize something better, and at least what I thought would be better, for my future, something to move towards. And I found that often when I didn't have some type of a goal or vision to move towards, I'd tend to get stagnant or depressed. Well, if I don't have a vision to move towards, then what's there for me to do? This is kind of boring, just doing life day to day, all the ordinary stuff, right? Well, then I found as I moved towards my vision for the future, I found out, well, that consisted of day to day ordinary stuff. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So how does this really work? And the funny thing was, I even found out when I gave up my vision of what I wanted in the future, well, the future still happened. Didn't stop it from not having a vision. And I've gone back and forth over the years. Do I have a vision, something to move towards? Or do I give it all up to God and just focus on God and let God now bring forward in me and through me a direction to move as far as a physical future and how that's going to look in my life? Funny thing is, isn't that happening anyway? Isn't that what's going to happen? Isn't that always what's happening, regardless of what we envision for ourselves? I mean, haven't you envisioned things, and a lot of that usually doesn't happen anyway? 
where maybe part of it happens, but it's different than what you envisioned. But nonetheless, it, it happens. It's like you can't stop life. Even the visions we get, the fantasies we have of what we'd like our lives to be, where does that come from? Why do we even envision the things we think we want? Notice I said we think we want. Think we want. It always moves back to that divine consciousness itself. I've always found that when I move always to that, well, guess what? I found that Spirit provides that vision of what direction to move for life to be. And it's always at least a little bit different than my own thoughts and feelings. But it's always better in the truer sense of whatever the word better means, because it may mean different things to each of us. I found the things that have mass manifested in my life as I move towards spirit always serve me better than the personal fantasies that I had for myself. And they weren't always easier, because a lot of times in moving forward to manifest that vision of spirit also meant sacrificing or giving up a lot of my own personal wants. The funny thing is, though, I found my personal wants were answered even in a greater way than what my fantasy was. So for me, I'm sharing personally, a lot of my attachment was to my future. I was one they had classified as more of a visionary person. Didn't have much follow-through to create the vision, but I had good visions. Then there's Jim, who's the always doer, doer, doer all the time. I go, oh, good match. I have the vision, you have the doing this. So together, something's going to happen and we have direction to go. But doesn't life do that? We each have certain things that we're here to experience and put forward in our life. But it's never just ourselves. There's always others involved. Others in our lives add to the whole puzzle, the whole picture where we feel a part of it, well, those other parts are filled by others. That's the interaction in life, or relationships with people. And I'm talking about any kind of relationship, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, strangers on the street even, for that matter. There's this interaction or interplay that fills all that in. God truly moves in and through all people, all things. And a lot of the vision God has for us is happening all the time. I found make it easier on myself to focus more on envisioning God, moving in that action of meditation towards the divine. And then it all just opens. Because here's a lot of the secret of life, if you want to call it that. The more we can let go of our own attachments and expectations, the easier life happens. Life happens anyway. Isn't there a bumper sticker called Life Happens? I know there's that one called Shift Happens. Oh, that one's not out there yet. That's when I kept promoting Shift Happens. And it's easier to do it that way. Personal wants, and where I think maybe I'm losing power here. Um, I don't have a battery thing on here, so all right, it's working now. Have you found when you really want something, you try to create it and all the work involved, 
And then when you get what you want, what happens? When you finally achieve what you want, is it usually a big celebration or usually when you get what you want, you find yourself sometimes almost like a letdown, like over now? Well, sometimes it's peaceful, but a lot of times we look at that as disappointment. What am I going to do now? I had a vision, I had a goal, I had something to strive towards. Now what? And so we go through these phases where we have our ups and our downs. There's always that striving. Is it the striving that's causing the pain? Is that thinking we have to fulfill something, that there's some kind of physical life purpose? What's really causing that underlying sense of unhappiness or depression? Why do we think we have to do anything? Because we want it, the world tells us we're supposed to. A lot of what I'm saying right now almost sounds like maybe I'm questioning life and the way this world operates. And maybe I am. Maybe that's something we all need to start looking at and doing. Because if we start questioning, well, then we can start getting answers. But it's really more than the answers. It's about opening the doors. Just getting information or an answer is not necessarily going to change your lives. But it can open a door so that the change can happen. Things are changing. And I don't know why we have such a hard time with it. I know all of us, the biggest thing I've probably heard over the years is a struggle. How can I let go? How can I let go? I know I want spirit, I want God so bad, but how do I let go? I'm in this physical world. I'm still here. I keep doing the loving, accepting, and forgiving. I give things up to God. I've been doing what you guys have been sharing, but yet I'm still here. Should I just ascend at some point and then it's all done? What am I not doing? Have you done that to yourself? Always feeling in that incompleteness? And then start judging yourself like you're not doing something or you're doing something wrong. Why isn't this working? You know, a lot of times we just don't know where to go with things. I think maybe that's the reason why we have a hard time letting go. We talk about God all the time and loving. A lot of us still wonder about that. We feel things from time to time. We know we'd like to know. Maybe even thinking and knowing God is going to solve all of our problems. But even in knowing God, then what? One of the things I've learned over the years is to start getting really honest with what's going on and not to avoid even a lot of the pain in life. See, a lot of things I found out, my personal sharing about always striving for the future, well, a lot of that is because I was unhappy with my life. I was in depression. So always trying to fantasize something better that I thought would make me happy because I wasn't really handling the present. I wasn't really looking at the source or cause of my pain. I was trying to avoid or run away from what that was running inside of me rather than looking at it and starting to truly love myself and what that is that was running in me 
that's probably one of the biggest discoveries over all these years is just beginning to realize that. Even this day, I still like to fantasize about the future. But I also know I need to start handling and looking at what's going on right now. When I'm down, to be honest, when I'm down, and to look at why I am. Because I found when I'm willing to do that, it's often just in the looking that I start getting a greater picture to see the things I can do or to take care of that fill in the gaps. I start to answer that depression. What are we hanging on to? Really, what are we hanging on to? This is even different for me right now, doing the sharing. A lot of time I'll just keep things moving on a pace. A lot of times we don't want to give that space to be quiet for a moment. Because in that quietness, all of a sudden the pain starts to head its, rise its head up out of that darkness inside. A lot of times we don't even know what it is, but you can feel it hanging in the air. But why are we so afraid of that? Why are we so afraid of that quiet or that darkness? I can sit here and say, I know there's truly nothing to fear. I know that. But yet I also know these dynamics continue to go on all the time whether in myself or others. Have you learned to get comfortable in the silence? Have you learned to get comfortable in the darkness? Have you given yourself even the chance to do that? Well, we often don't because that's where we feel like we're all alone and that's where the pain is. That may be the greatest pain here in this world, is feeling alone in the darkness. But isn't that the whole storyline that we share about in here, about the journey of the soul? As it left the spiritual realms and came in to this great void, God made the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. When we entered that, which is called earth or the void, that's where we feel alone. That's the sense of separation that is behind all of our pain. No matter what the vision is, no matter what the cause, no matter what. That's the real source behind it all is that sense of being alone and separated from God. That's what comes with this experience in this world. It's so funny because that feeling of aloneness in this void is the whole thing that creates a sense of fear. Fear itself is an illusion. Sorry, Course of Miracles. I know you say there's only two things, love and fear. You're wrong. Eh, guess again. Fear really is an illusion. We've just believed it to be real. And with that gives us that sense of pain, of separation, the depression, the unhappiness, and everything else, any other words you want to put on and label the experience here. It's not fun 
There's no question about that. We're not trying to deny or avoid any of that. That's the truth of the illusion. And that's why here in ILM, we talk about anything and everything we need to to break down the barriers, to dissolve the illusions, to move through the darkness. And I found it really can be as simple as acknowledging it. Just acknowledging it. That's what acceptance is. When you're willing to acknowledge it, you're actually accepting what is. We've heard the phrase, God is, that which is, I am that I am. Well, in order to awaken to that in the illusion, we have to also acknowledge that which is the illusion. The truth is right now I'm aware of pain. The truth is right now I'm aware of my separation. The truth is right now I'm upset. The truth is right now it's called being honest even with the pain and the negativity and the darkness as well as the joy, the light, the loving. To be honest and truthful with all of it. That's where that whole phrase, the truth will set you free, comes from. Or as many of you have heard me say in here, I like this one because it's often the case, the truth will upset you free. But we're always trying to avoid being upset. And that's the problem. That's the problem. It's not the upsetness. It's just a resistance in trying to avoid the upsetness. That is the problem. But when you're willing to get honest, it just dissolves it, and quite often instantly. And that's what happens with fear. How many times has that happened in your life where you approached something you were so scared to do, and then when you did it, it was not at all as bad as what you thought it was going to be? Anybody not able to raise their hands on that statement? That's the case. Even death itself, believe it or not. How can I say that? Because I'm still alive? I've been through the experience before. And even this lifetime, I've had the conscious experience of going through that again. It's easier than breathing. Dying is easier than breathing. Well, holy crap, if that's the case, what's there to be so scared about? Why is everybody so scared about death? It's the biggest game running on this planet. It's one everybody wins or loses, depending on how you look at it. I'm going to win at the game of death. Yep, so is everybody else. But yet we run all these fears because we don't know. There it is, once again. That's why we have such a hard time letting go of anything in our lives, physically, imaginatively, Emotionally, mentally, unconsciously, subconsciously. We just don't know. And for some reason, we're just so scared of the unknown. But yet here we are talking about it, realizing in some cases, really in most cases, how really simple it is to let go of the fear. So why are we so scared of letting go? Why are we so struggling all the time to hang on? Why do we argue and fight with each other all the time trying to hang on to what we think is right or what we want? I want it my way, not their way. 
And you wonder why you have challenges in relationship? One of the greatest compliments I've heard people say in here is, you guys are real. You get real. You don't all act airy-fairy, talk about God, peace, and love. Woo! Well, that's it. we got to be real. Spirituality has nothing to do with behaviors or beliefs, acting a certain way, saying certain things. There's no lingo to learn here. We just use words and any words we need to use to help describe, to help understand, to help get greater clarity, to be able to move forward with spirit, awaken to spirit, to let go, to realize the illusion so that we can let go and wake up to the truth. It's really not that hard to be that real. And you can still be nice. But it's okay when you're not nice. Why make that wrong? I have found so many times it's been in the disturbing situations where somebody's not nice that actually helps me to get free of the very thing I had a hard time letting go of. A lot of times we call it decision by default. You know, when it's done to you, you're the victim. I had no control over it. I was powerless. Then in that victimness, we often are reactive and then we think we have to do something to balance and make things right. Well, maybe that was it. Maybe that was making things right by helping us to let go of that which we were fighting against or resisting the change that was being brought to us. Even if it was a simple thing as somebody just pointing out, making us wrong. What if we were wrong? Well, we, it's like there's something wrong with being wrong. What's wrong with being wrong? Right? Seriously. Like that's supposed to be a good thing? You know, it's kind of like that win-lose thing. Well, yeah, if there's a winner, there's got to be a loser, right? Well, somebody's got to always be right. Somebody's got to be wrong. Why not balance it out? Well, that's what it always is. It's just another game of the polarity. Right, wrong, good, bad, left, right, up, down. It's all the game. Why not just play the game? Just play it and have a good time. You don't win the game by getting it right. That's the game. You lose. Oh, you did so bad, you lost so much, you get to reincarnate and have another life to see if you can get it right this time. To see if we can get it right or to let go of the attitude of having to get it right. So seriously, those of you walking a spiritual pathway, how hard have you been trying to get this pathway right, thinking getting it right is going to liberate your soul and you're going to go home to God? And because you haven't woken up and seen God directly yet, you've been judging the hell out of yourself and feeling terrible because of it. I'm not being psychic to put that one out there. I hear enough of it right on the physical level. I did the same thing. I question myself sometimes, especially the way I share. Just like I started, am I really trying to get your attention? Really? Do you think it's me? Yep, it is. 
That's the truth. And for good reason. Because I know attention is loving, even if it's negative attention. Attention is loving because what? The soul is loving, and wherever we focus the soul, it is an action of loving. Just because we call it negative or bad or egotistical or this or that doesn't mean it's not loving. See, these are the illusions we have to cut through. It's all those beliefs and perspectives and attitudes and how we view things and what we do with how we view it. It's not how we view things that's a problem. It's what we do with it that's the problem. When we make it wrong, when we judge it, when we fear it, when we resist it, try to push it away. It's all that that we do with all these things that causes the separation inside of our consciousness. And this is why I know this often is a challenge to grasp or understand the spiritual journey we're on. Because it's so invisible, it's so backwards compared to how we live life physically. It's a complete turnaround and a turn up. That's why we say down and out and in and up. We say that for a reason. We say focus in and up to the seat of the soul rather than down and out into the world. The simple direction, and as we do it, we'll begin to awaken and become more aware of that divine truth that we're ever trying to describe here. And that's all we're ever doing here. But in the description, are you aware when you come here, do you pay attention that even in talking here, that something's going on in your consciousness? Do you feel it? Do you see it? Do you know it? Are you clueless? Did it go over your head? Well, if it goes over your head, you know how to go get that. You just lift up. The meditation lifts you up so it doesn't go over your head anymore. So having a big head in this case is one way to you know, not let the things go over your head. But what is that really? Through that action of meditation is a way to expand our awareness and our consciousness to really catch or to grasp those greater realizations of spirit to open up, to experience more of that movement of loving. You've heard us saying it over and over, it's not the words we share in here, it's that movement of consciousness that we want you to become awake to and aware of. And the words are just a way to help focus the mind, to direct the mind to go beyond itself. Well, really, it's just directing the mind so the soul can now go beyond the mind. That's what's going on. Mind can't go beyond itself. Open mind, open heart, right? We hear about that. It's that openness. That's why we want to give direction. That's what meditation is about, to give that direction to open up the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body so that the soul can begin to now move beyond and rise above all these other elements of this physical consciousness. And that's what we're even attempting to do just in sharing, even with our eyes open. But I'm saying, even in the talks, do you at times have awareness of things moving? Do you start getting insights and awarenesses of things in your life? Isn't that a lot of the reason you even come to the classes like today? Or go to the retreats? to that movement of consciousness. That's way beyond the information, and most of you in here know that. You've had some kind of experience 
beyond all the words we're sharing that move you, that you know the truth of this, and you're ever attempting to experience more and more. Right? 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 Or is that wrong? I'm not here. I'm here for the frickin' food for lunch, man. I'm out of here after the break. Q&A? I don't want to hear everybody's problems. Are you kidding me? Stick around. You might get some of your questions answered just by listening to somebody else ask the question. But a lot of those questions get answered, I know, just during the sharings. To me, I don't talk about anything that's not going on inside of people that are present within the group, as many of you have heard. But there's a lot more again than that. You notice the difference even now compared to a few minutes ago when it was quiet? Did you feel a heaviness in the room somewhat in the, those moments of silence? Well, God, no wonder why we don't want to be in any silence. It's horrible. But on the other side of that horribleness is the freedom and the joy and the awareness that we're really seeking. And this is why I'm sharing this, and even in the sharing, even attempt to move into an experience of the sharing so that you have something that is stirred within you right here beyond information. That's what goes with you. You'll forget the information, but the experience always goes with you. And that's the key here that's so valuable. Not the words. You can hear a lot of the words we share. Every, all, all kinds of people say a lot of the words we're sharing here. Not the words. But you've got to be willing to go through that silence and that darkness to get to what's on the other side. We've done it. We keep this chart up here all the time, right? All the realms from spirit to soul, the unconscious, your etheric, or the great void that all the mind, emotions, imagination, and physical body are contained in that great void. It's like a big egg. This whole physical universe, God made the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. Well, this unconscious or etheric level we call the void. It's a great big dark space. Nothing's there. It's empty. And then we came in and put a mind in it, filled it with emotions, fantasies, even created a physical body to try to fulfill all that. It's just a great void. That's the darkness. Peace be still and know that I am. The peace be still always precedes that I am. That stillness we have to come to, but we're so afraid to do that because in the stillness is now where we will confront the darkness and that aloneness where we experience being separate from God. That's what the darkness, the void does. It creates that. But if we are willing to no longer avoid that or resist it because of the fear and discomfort it stirs within us, if we can allow ourselves to come to the stillness isn't it funny? Peace be still. Well, in the stillness, there's a great peace. And it is that peace then where we slip through now the void and the darkness into those realms of spirits. That's what we're all attempting to get to. And we think by being nice, by saying good things, by being kind, doing to others, we think all these things we do so nicely, nicely is what's going to get us home to God. 
and we're ever trying to avoid that place of stillness and darkness. Well, there's always going to be a day where eventually you have to face that. And the day you do is where the day you now slip through it and truly know the I am. That's the biggest challenge in this whole journey is really getting to that place of peace and stillness. After that, it's a breeze. Because what happens? Well, when you finally get still enough, that's when God now can reach down and take you on up into the spiritual realm. You of yourself cannot get yourself there. Can, you, can your body fly? Can you make your body fly through this gravitational pull and atmosphere of the earth just to get to outer space? Your body can't. You have to go get in a rocket ship, right? So you can't do it of yourself. You can't. Something's always got to be there to get you there. Well, that's the action of the Holy Spirit. That's the action of God's grace. That's what we talk about in the river of loving and the radiant form of the spiritual teacher is that action that is extended to the soul to assist it in getting out of this void or out of the earth's gravitational pull. The earth, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was void and without form. That earth being described is this void that we talk about all the time. And it's got that gravitational pull and darkness and fear that creates that gravity that just sucks us right in. This is why the other part of this pathway or journey back home to God does take humility and surrender. Because we've got to do something, but at some point we have to fully surrender and allow God now to lift us. We have to come to that place of peace be still. That's our work. All of us have the responsibility to bring ourselves to that place of peace, be still. In that, then, the mind, the heart, the emotions, imagination, body open up to allow that grace of God now in to be able to lift us now into the realm of the Spirit out of this void. That's the action that we're doing in meditation. That's the action we're doing when we talk about the LAF. That loving, accepting, and forgiving is bringing ourselves to that place of peace, be still. We have to come to terms with ourselves. Peace, be still. Not just be still. That's why I was trying to differentiate. Be still. Well, yeah, that's when all the discomfort shows up. That's why we don't want to be still. We have that experience of our aloneness and the pain of that separation. And so we are ever avoiding coming to the place of stillness. Well, that's why we have the LAF. Because as that discomfort rises within us, but through loving, accepting, and forgiving is the way we can begin to let go. Oh, that's how I started. Let go of all those things that have been disturbing us so we can come to a place of peace. And then we can know God. Laying it out right now. A, B, C, one, two, three. One plus two equals three. But we see, we get so caught up in all the chaos, the whirlwind that keeps us out of that place of stillness. We get so caught up in it, ever thinking we have to do something to right the errors, to right the wrongs. 
Well, didn't I say earlier, is it really about the things that are going on or is it about what we're doing in ourselves with the things going on? Our attitudes and judgments and fears with what's going on. That's why you hear us in here talk about it's always about self-love, self-acceptance, self-forgiveness. Sure, go ahead and forgive other people and situations. But until you forgive and love and accept yourself, it's not going to really change. It can move around, but if you really want to change, you've got to really now love, accept, and forgive yourself. Because it's you who is doing something with all these things. Does that make sense? Something with all these things. See, that's where a lot of unworthiness comes from, the self-judgments. We think we're not good enough. We judge ourselves because we must be doing something wrong if God doesn't find favor in us. How come God's condemned me here? How come God doesn't bring me home? That's part of this human consciousness. Born of original sin. Guilty as charged. Well, it's time to discharge. More than once a month, hopefully. Really? No, no laughter out of that one? Wow. That was pretty bad, I thought. So. Well, that's what we're doing. This polarity has always got a positive or negative charge to it. And in loving and acceptance, forgiving, what are we doing? We're neutralizing. We're releasing that charge of energy. It's that charge of energy that keeps us caught up in this world. That's what the gravity is. Once that's released, then we are free to go. And that's how we bring ourselves to the place of peace in the stillness. Because believe me, it's chaos here. This void is chaos. But yet we can come to a place of peace and stillness in the chaos. Just like here, we just meditated a little while ago. I could hear cars going by and whatever else going on. So there's things happening, but yet we could come to a place of stillness. Anywhere, anytime, we can do that for ourselves. You can do this with your eyes open walking through the day. If something's disturbing you, well, just focus. Just like in meditation, that's why I even said before we went into meditation, you can do this with your eyes open. It's not about eyes open and closed. It's about focus and where you put your attention. That's all it is. So if you can learn to even focus and put your attention on the soul with your eyes open throughout the day, that can really support you walking through day-to-day life. In the midst of chaos. Oh, I can't meditate. Yes, you can. You can meditate while you're walking and talking and everything else. It's all about where you put your attention. God first and God only, right? You want to look at everything through the eyes of God? Well, then you've got to bring your attention up here to where God is to look through the eye of God. Meditation is the way we describe it as a technique with closing your eyes. Enchanting that sacred name is a way to give your undivided attention and to be very focused. But you can also practice this throughout the day. Do it as a focusing technique, on the very least. And know when you focus is where you're putting your love. When you're doing this, this is truly loving yourself and loving God. And when you look at other people, you're actually sharing your loving with them. Even if you hate them. I hate you. Oh, God, I feel your love. That's what's going on. I know it sounds weird, but that's the truth. 
you're a liar. I know, I'm a liar, but that's the truth. You still love me, I love you, and you love everybody else. All the judgments, the things we put on others, calling names, insults, it's just a game of trying to create more separation. But if you can still play the game, throw the insults around, receive a few, but not let that disconnect or separate you from the truth, then you've won the game. When you can do that, you've won. Regardless of how long you're here, whether you're dead or alive, you've won. Let's see, do you spell one, O-N-E or W-O-N? Which way are you spelling it? We've all won. Now it's just time to start living it. It's time to start giving up now and letting go and allowing things to change and stop holding on because you're afraid of things changing. You're afraid of letting go. It's time to let go and let things change. You're going to be a lot happier. Once that fear is gone, everything really does change. And as I say, it's always God, it's always good. Whether you like it or not, that's another story. And I'm not going to go into that one today. <laughs>